Praise the Lord. Uh, put uh, 2 Timothy 3 up on the board. Praise the Lord. We have been talking about being stress-free. Praise God. Stress-free living. Amen. So let me get to it here in my text, or my Bible, I mean. All right. Praise the Lord. I think we probably all got this verse memorized by now. At least we should. Uh, you know, but uh, praise the Lord. But you know what? Every week got something more. Amen. Because I'm going to live stress-free. How about you? Amen. All right. So anyway, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 says, But know this. Amen. This is something you got to know. He wouldn't tell you to know it if it wasn't necessary. Know this, that in the last days, or in as days progress, as days move on, amen, perilous times will come. Now, the word perilous, again, means difficult, fierce, ferocious. Uh, but uh, your cross-reference, at least mine even says it, uh, times of stress, amen. The word also means uh, reducing the strength of, amen. And if you kind of think about stress in itself, it's exactly what it's trying to do is reduce your strength. And so, in these last days, as days progress, uh, you know, the enemy's just trying to create more stressful times. And, uh, you, know, over the, you know, over the last, whatever it's been, how many months we've been working on this, uh, we've talked about different things. And, um, uh, you know, even though uh, supposedly, as the days progress, uh, things are supposed to be getting easier and easier, but, uh, you know, they make things and, and you know, invent things and uh, with the information, uh, you know, era that we're in right now, everything's supposed to be easier as it moves along and all, really, to be honest, for the most part, what it's done is created more issues, more problems, hello, somebody, and has created more and more stress, and uh, that's a fact, and uh, even though uh, some of it, not, not that we're saying that it's all bad or all evil, ain't what we're saying, but uh, uh, I think, you know, how it is, you know. Uh, what God has meant for good, the enemy comes along, tries to distort and make bad and all that kind of stuff. And we understand all that. But, uh, but anyway, uh, the thing that we found out through this text and really we brought out every week that we've talked about this is uh, you know, through that text, especially there in 2 Timothy, uh, what, what really creates stress is being either self-striving uh, or self-serving. All right. In other words, you're striving. It's all about you getting things, you doing it, you, uh, you know, you and your own power, your own ability, your own strength, uh, doing stuff, or or self-serving. It's all about me. I don't care about anybody else, kind of thing, or just making sure I'm make, taken care of, or blah 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 blah. We can go on and on and on with that. And so we have talked about that from week in to week out here, uh, dealing with that. And of course, in that same text, he says, you know, really what it comes down to is people in these last days are becoming more in love with themselves than they are with God. That's just the fact, okay? And we see it out there. It's rampant out there. But the thing to keep in mind, this is a letter from Paul to Timothy, a letter to the church, come on somebody, and not a letter to the world. It's not, about, it's not to the world, it's to the church. And so, uh, you know, we, the problem is that we see as the days progress, we see the church falling into this mess. Are you still with me? Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad he's talking about somebody other than you. Tell him that, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all them other people, you know, but, but anyway, praise God. We've all been guilty of this mess. Uh, so with that said, we, we, what we've done over the last few weeks of, of talking on the midweek uh, uh, deal, dealing with this series 
Uh, we brought out a set, uh, pardon me, out of Galatians 6. Let's put that up on the board real quick, Galatians 6. Uh, we're going to kind of read through a few of this because we've been talking about uh, really about a stress-free harvest, okay? So sowing toward a stress-free harvest, amen, is what we've done for the last few weeks or last month here. Uh, so anyway, here's uh, Galatians uh, 6, verse 7. Uh, Do not be deceived. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Look at your other neighbor now. If there's someone on the other side, you say, that means you too. Come on now. Don't be, don't be deceived. Come on, right? Don't, because you can be deceived. Now, this is going to come up before we're done here today, but you can be deceived. And it said, God is not mocked, okay? In other words, in other words uh, uh, God is not, won't be ridiculed. In other words, if God's saying it, it's, a, it's an accurate thing, all right? So for whatever a man sows or woman sows, just in case we somebody kind of think that's all them men's problem. Come on now, that means mankind. So whatever a man sows, that, that, in other words, whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever, whatever a man sows, in other words, sows or, you know, puts out there, puts seed in the ground, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. All right? One translation, I believe it's the Phillips translation, says, a man's harvest in life is entirely dependent on the seed that he sows. Are you still with me? A man's harvest in life. And what we brought out here, and I've said uh, the last couple weeks especially, uh, or last few weeks, says, say, asked you this question, if you know the seed, then you should know your harvest. Right? Right? So in other words, if you, if, you, know, you want to plant, you know, you have, uh, you know, you know, plant a garden, and you say, okay, I want to plant corn. Well, then you got to go get corn seed, right? Not too deep, is it? Some of you are like, oh, I didn't know that. Really? Anyway, uh, so if you know your seed, you know your harvest. But if you know what you want for a harvest, then you know what seed you need to sow. So a lot of times we're, we're standing in the middle of a harvest that we don't like, we don't agree with, we don't want, but we keep sowing the same kind of doggone seed, wondering why it won't ever change. Are you hearing me? So if you know what kind of harvest you want, then you're gonna, that determines the seed. Okay, so that's kind of what we've been focusing on a little bit. All right? So verse 8 says, He who sows to his flesh, all right? You know it says to his flesh? Isn't that something? He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Or, you know, just that's weed seed. There we go. But he who sows... To the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life, or a quality of life. Amen. Let us not grow weary, because you could. Let us not grow weary while doing good. You know, sowing a do-good seed. We spent a week talking about that. Amen. If we do not lose heart. Amen. You will reap, right, in due season if you do not lose heart, right? Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Look at your neighbor. That means everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, that means all. All right. To do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, it gives you the church house is a good place to start. Amen. We should probably get, all, get along with each other, right? I mean, us Christian folks, sometimes, you know, we have a, we have a tendency to be ornery with each other. But, uh, you know, we got to get along. We got to learn how to get along. Amen. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get this tonight. 
All right, so we've talked about the do-good seed. You know, if you sow a do-good seed, guess what? You get a stress-free harvest. If you sow, last, uh, the last time we talked about a selfless seed. Okay, talked about some things there. If you sow a selfless seed, guess what? You get a stress-free harvest. Amen. Uh, now, today we're going to kind of shift gears. We're going to talk about a different seed. And uh, so we're going to go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. And we're going to go to chapter 4, please. Chapter 4. You doing good tonight? All right, praise the Lord. So Ephesians 4, and kind of coming in the middle here, he's talking about, you know, not quenching the spirit and not giving place to the enemy, okay? And he says this, verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart, everybody say impart, I think some translators might say uh, minister, I think maybe that it may minister grace. Uh, mine says, impart grace to the hearer. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom uh, you were sealed for the day of redemption. Oh, here we go. Let all bitterness. Everybody say yuck. Yeah. Let all bitterness. Now, in fact, if you, know, if you look that word up, do you know what else it connects it with? Poison. Bitterness is poison. Hmm. And it is poison, by the way. No sense being bitter. Amen. Get over it. Come on now. Uh, let all bitterness, wrath, that word wrath means ind indignation. Okay, the word anger here means vengeance, getting even kind of thing. Uh, clamor, uh, my cross reference even says loud quarreling. It's getting awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Amen. So, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking, which means uh, railing or slander, backbiting, uh, literally means character assassination. And all evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. And that just means meanness, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, stop being mean. Now, you know... Anyway, okay, it's it just kind of told, it really it's trying to bring out the, the, the spirit behind what's happening here and why he's saying what he's saying, okay? So, uh, and then it says, and be kind to one another, right? Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And that's, we focused quite a bit on that last week when we dealt with, uh, you know, just the selfless seed. You know, to forgive, you know, it's, it, you got to kind of, you got to kind of be selfless sometimes, right? Because every fiber you may not want to forgive. You may not want to let it go, but you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to learn how to just be selfless and, and sometimes just let go of things. You know, one brother years ago made a statement, and I've never forgot it. He said that, you know, sometimes love gives up its right to be right. Chew on it. Amen. Doesn't mean that you're wrong or they're wrong. We're not saying who's, who's right and who's wrong, but sometimes love just gives up its right to be right just for the sake of love. Come on now, it's a selfless seed. Now, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on all that today. I'm going to focus on this other part. So we're going to back up verse 29, please. Put that back up on the board, if you will. It says, uh, let no corrupt word. Okay, the word corrupt means worthless. Uh, literally means like bad or rotten, something rotten, okay? Uh, something worthless, all right? Let no corrupt word. The word word there, W-O-R-D, uh, is the word logos, which means something been spoken, right? A lot of times we refer to 
the Bible as logos word, which means a God-inspired word or God-spoken, something spoken then recorded for you and me to have. Amen. And the idea is to get it so alive on the inside that it goes from being just a logos word into a rhema word, amen, or a revealed word or a word made to breathe. Praise God. Amen. But this here is the same word, logos, okay? So let no corrupt thing, no, no word come out your mouth, something breathed out your mouth here. Let no word uh, proceed, discharged, projected out of your mouth. So we're all on the same page. So obviously something's being said here. Remember in the context of what's being, you know, what he's talking about, you know, we're not giving, don't give place to the enemy. Uh, don't quench the spirit. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to guard what comes out your mouth. So today we're going to talk about the verbal seed. And I'm using that word on purpose, okay? Everybody say verbal. verbal. Everything. Do not be deceived. Everything that you sow has a harvest coming. Are you still with me? Okay. All right. So let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, beneficial, right, for necessary edification. And the word edification means to, to build up. I think it was a word we used even Sunday talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, that same, use that same word. It brings edification. Amen. It charges you up, praise God. And so what we're called to do is speak things out of our mouth that bring edification to charge up, build up, build good things instead of tear down. Come on now, we all, we all, we all understand this. Guess what? We've all been guilty of not sowing good seed at times. Come on, somebody. I didn't ask for a show of hands. I probably don't need to because I think we've all been here. We've all been in a place where we've, we've allowed corrupt words out and didn't put out the good word when it probably was necessary. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Uh, we jumped on the bandwagon. One thing led to another. Next thing you know, you got World War III breaking out. Um, you know, sometimes if you ever let something out your mouth and just, and just as it came out, you realize, whoops, wrong thing to do. And you wish you could have just grabbed them, jerked them, and shoved them back in your mouth. Too late, they're out there. Amen? And so that was a worthless word. You knew that when you did it. So it produces something. you got to remember, it's seed being sown. Okay? See, he goes on to say that it may impart. Everybody say impart. That it may impart grace to the hearers. Okay? So the word impart uh, here uh, means to minister or to give. So it's talking about something here being sown, okay, but it says grace to the hearer. Okay, now uh, we'll come back to this verse. Put, uh, I got a Colossians verse I believe I gave you. Put that one up. And this is Colossians 4, 6. Now we're going to go back to Ephesians here in a second. Let your speech, that's that word speech there, is the same Greek word logos. Let the words that coming out your mouth, okay, let your speech always be with grace. Season with salt, okay? Now, the word seasoning or what salt is talking about, really, uh, when you start dealing with salt, uh, there's actually salt covenants, all kinds of stuff the Scripture talks about. Uh, salt refers to really um, uh, about uh, being, staying connected, being loyal, staying loyal. So a salt covenant is a, is a covenant of, of loyalty towards somebody. 
So just kind of keep that in mind. We're talking about seasoned with salt. So your, your speech, your words ought to come out with grace, seasoned with salt. In other words, just because of the fact that we're standing with one another, we love one another, we're for one another, then we're going to do what's necessary to say the right things. Come on now. Now, see, or, or pardon me, being, uh, says always be with grace. The word grace, charis, the Greek word, uh, most of the time we talk about grace, we, we, you know, we'll give you a definition on that. It means a divine influence. This is all key for tonight. Grace, a divine influence upon the heart and then reflected in the life. That's what grace means. So grace is a divine influence. In other words, here we go. Listen, listen. Seed being sown into the heart, thus then reflected out you, come on, or from you. So grace is a divine influence upon the heart, the core, the center, the seat of control. Right here really breaks down the will of man, the heart of man, the core, the center. This is where all decisions come out of. This is what you do. Everything comes out of the heart. So God tries to influence that heart because out of the heart, everything else comes. So grace is trying to influence that so it can be reflected. In other words, the harvest coming out. Are you still with me? That's going to make more sense when we get into this. Ephesians, go back to that again, please. All right. We're going to have to see the importance of not only what you say, but what you take in. Just facts. Okay? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. In other words, amen, it's about what you're sowing here, that it may impart, here we go now, grace to the hearer. Your words ought to be, amen, come out of grace because you've been influenced. Listen, the heart influenced then reflected, and what should be reflected are more words of grace to whoever you're talking to, which means then that same thing. As you're speaking, remember it's seed being sown, it's you influencing the heart of another individual that can be then reflected out of their, from their life. It's, it's called the cycle of the seed. Seed, it's planted, it produces something that has fruit. The fruit falls to the ground. The seed in the fruit produces another. It just keeps on going. So what God's trying to do is bring and make you aware of the seed that's being sown. See, see it based on something that's been sown in you, planted in you, then brings forth a fruit. Come on now. Producing seed. Come on, somebody that can be planted in the life of another and then produce a harvest in their life. Are you still with me? So now let's see it all played out in Scripture here. So um, let's see, Matthew 15, put that on the board, I think, is that what I got next? Matthew 15, um, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to go to Proverbs, right? Is that what I had next? Let's, let's just uh, let's go to Proverbs then. We'll do that one because I think we'll kind of need to do this in kind of an order here. Proverbs 8, uh, 18 and 20. Uh, many, many times we refer to this when we start talking about words, uh, but we got to see it as seed, okay? Seed coming in, seed going out, all right? Are you still with me? Yeah. So Proverbs 18 and uh, verse 
20 and 21 is what we're going to do. So let me get to it here. Okay, so a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And it means a man is sustained or lives by what comes out of his own mouth. That's what it means. Okay, so that, you think that, we, that doesn't sound right, but that's exactly what it is. In other words, you're sustained and you're, you live by what comes out your mouth. Jesus said it's not what goes in your mouth, but what comes out your mouth. That's what's important. All right? All right? So uh, he goes on then to say, uh, from the produce or the consequence of one's lips, words, or talk, they shall be filled. In other words, the consequence of his words then determines what he's going to be filled with. So what comes out, he's bringing out that what comes out your mouth is more critical than what's going in your mouth. Okay? Because it determines your life. Okay, next verse. Death and life, right? The word death there means ruin or pestilence. It literally means the state or the place of Hades. Okay, which means hell on earth. So in other words, death and life, the word life means that which is alive, vibrant, whole, fresh. Okay, death and life are in the power, the means, the direction, the hand. Or in other words, so the power of the tongue, or the word tongue there literally means talker. Okay, and those who love it, in other words, you love what you keep talking, you're going to eat the fruit of it. Are you still with me? Now, we've got we to get a hold of this, okay? Because, well, we think we're justified. Well, don't give place to the devil. Somebody's got to stop. Come on. Because you keep sowing seed. And, and you're going you're gonna to reap it, and it ain't going to be fun. And nobody likes that kind of yuck. Come on, right? So we want to sow life and not death. Right? Okay, now put Matthew 15. Thank you. Matthew 15 and 11. Uh, it said this. This is what Jesus said. It's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man. It's what comes out the mouth. This defiles a man. This is what's going to hurt you more. You know, we worry about what we put in the mouth, how we diet, and what we eat. We're counting calories or whatever it is we count nowadays. It seems like everything you heard 10 years ago now, it says, oh, it's totally wrong. Got to change it all up, whatever. Now you can actually eat lard. And butter and whatever else, I guess, you know. All the stuff I loved to eat at the beginning. I think, man, I should have just kept eating what I was eating. Amen. Praise the Lord, you know. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, it all changes. But, you know, nowadays everybody's so worried about what they're putting in the mouth. And even in context, you know, Jesus was, you know, was his disciples were confronted about washing their hands and before they eat kind of thing. And, you know, proper etiquette or whatever kind of a deal. And, I, I, you know, I, I, you probably should wash your hands before you eat. But... But the point he's trying to make is you're all worried about what's going in the mouth. You need to be more concerned about what's coming out your mouth. Are you still with me? All right. So, so anyway, uh, this is what he's, he's talking about here. Uh, put, uh, let's see here, uh, James 3 and 6, put that on the board. This is what James said. And the tongue, in other words, words that come out here. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell. He's talking, about an, uh, he's talking about an unrenewed tongue or a tongue that's out of control. All right, so in other words, saying the same thing, he just uses the word tongue instead of words out your mouth. 
All right? So it's the same thing. All right? So even James, the half-brother of Jesus, writing this, let it be known, praise God, you've got to guard your words. Your words are not only affect, uh, you know, what's going on around you, it'll affect you physically. Anybody hear me? All right, with that said, uh, go back. Let's go to Matthew now, Matthew 12. I know kind of mixed it up here a little bit. Matthew 12. All right, verse, uh, I'm going to read verse 36 and 37, then we're going to back up and read some more of this, all right? So let's see this whole thing in operation here in this text here. But I say to you that for every idle word, lazy, nonproductive, inoperative word, uh, this, this, like what he said, you know, we read one other text there, you know, this, this word, it's just no good, it's just rotten, it's a bad word, don't use it, okay? Every word, every idle word that men may speak, see, they're going to give account of it in the day of judgment, okay? Now, there's a lot more to that than just saying one day you're going to stand before heaven and, and give account. It means a little bit more than that, but, but the bottom line is he's putting a value on words. That's the point. Are you still with me? All right, we're, we're, I know we're, we're stressing on this a little bit or, or uh, you know, pushing on this a little bit, all right? All right, but I say to you, or let's, uh, next verse, I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 37. For by your words, your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Okay, again, this was Jesus talking. So your words, there's a price on your words. We got to guard our words. Are you still with me? Why? Because it's seed. Seed being sown. And it, all seed produces after its own kind. As long as this earth remains, seed time and harvest is here. Everything, the way it was designed, everything produces after its own kind. That's how it works. So if you want a certain harvest, you've got to then determine the seed you're going to sow. If you don't like that kind of stuff going on, then don't sow that seed. Change it. All right? Still with me? All right, let's back up now. Verse uh, 33. And let's see this thing. Okay, Jesus said this. Now, remember, he's talking in context, talking to some Pharisees, okay? And they're spewing out things out their mouth. And so he's dealing with them. So it's kind of a rebuke that's coming out here, all right? So he said, either make the tree good and its fruit good. Now, you know, he said, listen, he said, make the tree good and its fruit good. So if it's a good tree, it's going to have good fruit. Come on, somebody. So he's saying, but make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Is there, is there anything wrong with that statement? Right? Isn't that true? I mean, when, you know, when you can come, you know, certain orchards, and unless somebody's really good at, you know, you know those trees and that kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, they, they may be during certain times of the season, uh, you know, they, I mean, they can pick it out, and they know, but maybe for some people, we don't know until, until there starts producing some fruit, and then you go, ah, oh, I know what that is now. Right? Because a tree is known by its fruit. He's making a point. Okay, brood of vipers. Again, talking to the Pharisees. Don't say that to your neighbor. Amen. A brood of vipers. You know, you bunch of snakes. What are you talking about? How, how can you, here we go, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what you put... In the heart is the fruit. Come on, is what's going to come out, right? Come on. So he says, you know, you're going to have to make, here we go, make the tree. So what he's done, he's shifted here a little bit. So the tree, I believe, uh, he's talking about, you know, he's talking about the heart. But you have a right 
to determine what kind of heart you have. You can make the heart good, amen, with good fruit. Or you can keep, you know, doing whatever and make the heart evil or bad and have bad fruit. Are you still with me? Now, he said to them, how can you, being evil, and I thought, uh, I looked this word up, and uh, being evil. So, he says this, um, the word here, being evil, means diseased, diseased kind of thing. But it means, uh, talking about something being negatively influenced. So, he said, how can you... Being negative, negatively influenced all the time, how can you say anything good? Because you're making the tree bad because you constantly let bad seed in. Now it produces a bad tree, thus it produces bad fruit, thus everything coming out your mouth is bad. But see, it's, it's the cycle of the seed. Are you, are you hearing me? For out of the abundance, see, you get enough of that bad stuff going on. He said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You couldn't say anything good if you wanted to. After we just always hang out with you long enough, pretty soon it all come out bad because that's what you keep putting in there. That's what he's talking to these Pharisees about. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure. That word treasure means deposit. We could, we could put in... Uh, because of what we're, how we're looking at this today, we could say uh, good sowing, okay? In other words, seed being sown, deposited, a good man, amen, out of the good treasure, deposit, a seed sown of his heart. Uh-oh, what happens? It'll bring forth what? Good things. But now on the other side of it, an evil man is just talking, in other words, somebody that's been, been wrongly or negatively influenced, out of that, you know, because of the evil deposit, come on somebody, negative deposit, negative seed, we could say, brings forth evil or negative things. He's trying to bring out a point. You know, we all, we pretty much all know, you know, read those first verses, you know, and man, don't let evil speaking come out. Don't let that corrupt stuff come out your mouth. Everybody goes, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, I need to deal with that. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to deal with that. Well, he's trying to show you how you deal with it. You can sit here all day long and get upset because you let some dumb thing come out your mouth again. Or you could do it the right way and get some good stuff going in. Stop letting the bad stuff in. Come on, somebody. And you might be amazed at how all of a sudden the tree's made good. Come on now. It starts producing good fruit, and all that comes out of it is good, amen, which then goes on to produce more good. Come on now, cycle of the seed, amen. I'm just telling you, because what happens, he's trying to be, let it be known. You know, you can sit here all day long, get upset with yourself because the wrong things keep coming out your mouth. He said the only way to change that and to change it right, okay, is to start putting the right stuff in. Still with me? Now we're talking about a seed sown. This time we're looking at the seed coming from both angles. We're looking at the seed that's being sown within, thus then turning around, amen, through the process, and now seed going out, putting it in another, uh, another field, so to speak. Okay? All right. Verse 36 now. 
Okay? But I say to you, for every idle word that men may speak, they'll give account of it in the day of judgment. As we read earlier, verse 37 again, for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. All right. Now, so we make the tree good by depositing good. Amen. Thus you'll have good fruit, praise God. Good seed, good tree, good fruit, good seed. That's the cycle. Good seed, good tree, good fruit, good seed. That's how it works. That's how he designed it. All right? You want things to change in the house? Start sowing good seed. Well, I have a hard time doing it. Then you better start planting some good seed. Get a di- change the tree. You change the tree, you change the fruit. You change the fruit, you change the, you know, what the seed you're sowing out. Amen. You change that, all of a sudden it starts shifting and changing because your life is dependent on the seed that you sow out your mouth. Everything changes. Everything starts changing. Changes the course of nature. It changes you physically. Changes your relationships. Changes your household. Changes your church. Everything shifts and changes. Changes your finances. Everything starts shifting and changing. It's hard to sow and, and, to, and to, to tithe and then talk about how you're poor all the time. How you never have. All you do is just kill the seed, the physical seed you sowed. Come on, somebody. By a verbal seed. Because you're speaking over your life, you'll never have anything. And thus what happens is it starts coming to pass. Because you get, guess what? You say what you believe. In time of pressure is when you say what you really believe. You say, well, I don't want to say those things anymore. Good seed in. Change the tree. Change the fruit. Come on, somebody. Thus, good seed going out. Are you still with me? Aren't you glad you came on a Wednesday night? About four of you. Okay. Amen. This is how it works. Seed being sown. Amen. So, okay, with that said, let's, uh, um, well, let me make this statement, then we'll kind of move us into the next verse. So we'll go to uh, Mark 4, please. Uh, we determine what what uh, we determine what gets deposited or sown in our hearts. We determine that. We determine that. I said we determine that. We determine what we let get deposited in our heart. Let's tell you that again. We determine that. Now there are there are people that try to sow that in your life and say things, do things, but you have to determine what you're going to let in. Well, they're sowing. Yes, they are. But you better, you know, don't let, it, don't let it take root if it's a bad seed. All right. Anyway, let's look at something here. Good seed. Everybody say good seed. Good seed. Okay. The sower sows the word. This is now, of course, the parable of the, uh, you know, of the seed being sown. And we, uh, earlier on, Jesus kind of did the whole scenario of the birds come in, swoop in, do this, and the, and the weeds, and the, and the, you know, the thistles, and all that kind of stuff. And so he then, he begins to give the explanation uh, to the boys because they ask, you know, what does this mean? And he basically says, if you don't get this, you're going to have a hard time with the rest of it because it's basically farming principle, all right? Okay, so a seed, sower sows the word, okay? Talking about the word, the word of God, all right? And these are the ones, uh, the seed that falls by the wayside where the word is sown. Here we go. When they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in her heart. That was the first condition, heart condition, basically. 
Okay? So, in other words, the thing we get out of this is the enemy is always going to come. Now, this is key for tonight. The enemy always tries to take the good seed. Because if he, if, if, if he can get the good seed, that means it won't get planted in your heart. If it don't get planted in your heart, that means we still have a bad tree and it has bad fruit and bad seed going out. Because he don't want the good seed to get in there. Because if the good seed gets planted, then we're going to have a good tree. If we got a good tree, we got good fruit. We got a good fruit. We got all kinds of good stuff going out. So he knows where to, where to take it. Let's, let's, let's take the seed. Don't let it take root. If he, if he can avoid it, he's going he's gonna to come after it immediately if he can. All right? So he's after the word. He's after this, the good seed. Everybody say good seed. Okay, this all, this all fits here. All right, next verse, please. Likewise, those are sown on the stony ground. So the other, other condition here, now he's talking about the seed. You know, he went out and scattered seed. So this one now, the seed that fell on the stony ground, says that when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Okay, that sounds good, right? Come on. Verse 17, praise God. And, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation... Or persecution arise for what? For the good seed's sake. So the enemy saying, okay, I couldn't, I couldn't swoop in there and take it right away. It, it looked like it, you know, it, it kind of looked like it took hold. So what, what can we do? So what we do is we create, amen, we try to stir the pot. Come on, somebody. Tribulation. Uh, the best way to say tribulation, it's, it's pressure from trouble. So it's trouble pressure, tribulation is. Persecution is persons, people, trouble. So we have, we have pressure from trouble, and we have pressure from persons. Have you ever experienced any of those? Well, the enemy, you know, is, is hoping there's a bunch of that going on because there might be a chance and he can still... Get that good seed or, you know, nail that thing or cut that thing off before it takes root. Because we don't want to have a good tree and we don't want to have good fruit. Amen. So we're hoping then uh, that a little bit of pressure from trouble or a little bit of pressure from other people will take that, somehow kill that. Still with me? Amen. Now, I know there's a lot more we can bring out in this text, but we're just right now we're dealing with the good seed and the enemy coming after it. That's what he's doing. Okay, verse 18, please. Okay, now these are the ones sown among thorns, okay? Uh, they are the ones who hear the word, okay, and the cares of this world, all right, which, uh, you know, I think uh, some, let's see here, let me get to mine. Um, I think uh, uh, the Amplify, I think it is, says the distractions of this age, I think is how it words it. And uh, so... The cares of this world or the distractions of this age come in to try to choke it out. Oh, wait, no, put it back up there. Let's put it back. Verse 18 again, please. Uh, no, you're right, 19. That's right. And the cares of this world, and then it says the deceitfulness of riches. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that riches are bad. It says there's deceitfulness that comes along with it. Come on now. You know why that is? Because you think you got money, you think you ain't going to have more problems if you have money. <laughs> You're deceived. Just because you have enough money to, you know, for this or that doesn't mean that, that there ain't going to be, you know, still some pressure or trouble. Come on, somebody. 
Now you got a whole new set of problems. There's nothing wrong with riches. That ain't what he's saying. But just remember that deceitfulness of riches comes, and, and that, all it is is another distraction to try to choke out what God's trying to do. That's a fact. So the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all the desire for other things, amen, see, they enter in. Do you think there's anything wrong to having desires? No, but, but if you don't watch it, remember now, if you're not guarding what's going in, then all this stuff just becomes another distraction. And the enemy says, well, I can't, I can't pluck it up right away. I can't, you know, try to kill it uh, through, uh, through some pressure. So he says, oh, you know what, I'll just, I'll just let him kind of, just kind of go after it all. And pretty soon you get so distracted with everything, and he just little by little just starts choking it. Can you leave my message alone, Trudy? That's where I'm going with this. Amen. Because not only is the enemy trying to kill the good seed, he's trying to plant his own seed. Because he's trying to get his own garden going in you. Come on, somebody. All right. So now verse 20. Here we go. All right. Let's put it now. It says, They become unfruitful, but these are the ones sown on good ground, who hear the word. They accept it. They receive it. And then it says, And bear fruit. We keep it rolling long enough. Now it's producing. Amen. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Amen, 100. Amen. So praise God. So that's, all, that's what we want. That's what we want to get to, right? But the only way that can happen is if we're going to have to stay with it. We can't let ourselves be distracted. Come on, you can't let the enemy just pluck it up and, and steal it or somehow through pressure somehow talk you out of it or knock you off of it. Come on, somebody. Or choke you out uh, through all kinds of other things. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now, this is, the, this is the deal, okay? He's come to try to eliminate the good, but in the process, he's trying to plant the bad. Why? Because the tree can be changed either way. The heart can, you know, you determine. And if he can somehow or another weasel his way into things, and, and next thing you know, got you talked into, you know, grabbing hold of something that you shouldn't grab a hold of, come on, somebody, he knows if I get enough stuff planted in there pretty soon, see, that's the tree that grows, that's the fruit that comes out, and that's exactly the seed that then gets sown from there on out. He just, he, that's, where he, that's how he deals with it. He knows that. He's, he's, the enemy's not dumb. Now, he's a, you know, he's a creep, but he ain't dumb. Are you with me? He's been around this thing, all right? Most of the time, he doesn't have to do much. He just kind of takes care of the whole thing in the early process, and he knows that garden's going to come up a certain way, and... It'll take care of itself. Well, that tree will come up a certain way. He knows that. It'll just take care of itself. Death and life. What do you want? I want life. Anybody else with me on that? Yeah. All right. Now, okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about the heart briefly. And then, um, so let's look at, you know, why, why is the enemy, um, you know, uh, you know this, you're talking about a seed being sown in the heart. Okay, so let's talk about this. Go to uh, Mark 7, I think it is. Mark 7. And uh, this is what Jesus said. Okay, now just remember, everything produces. There it goes. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Everybody say the heart of men. Okay, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders. Let's go some more here. Thefts. This, these are none of the things to write home about. 
covetousness, wickedness, deceitfulness, you know, lewdness. It just means uh, lasciviousness, just out of control is what that word means. An evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. That's all just ugly, 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 right? All, this is what Jesus said. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So he's talking about everything comes out of the heart of man. All this comes out of the heart of man. Now, it doesn't have to, but he said all this stuff, everything. So that's why when somebody says, well, I know they're doing all this stuff, but they have a good heart. No, they don't. Because the fruit is showing they don't have a good heart. So we have to change the heart. Do they have the potential to have a good heart? Yes. Every heart could be changed. But to go around saying, you know, when somebody's producing evil harvest and pouring out evil fruit, come on, it's because it's coming out of the heart. Did I just kick over a sacred cow? You just, I mean, we got to understand that's how it works because you go around all the day and you can buffalo yourself into thinking that person, well, they have a good heart when they don't. And go on and on. They just keep sowing the same until you get good seed in, start changing that tree, that heart. Come on, somebody. Then changes the fruit, then changes the next level seed as it comes out. All of a sudden now, the actions, the words, everything else now comes out uh, that can be good, right? Uh, put the Proverbs reference on the board. Proverbs uh, 4 and 23 says, keep your heart. Why? Well, because, uh, you know, keep your heart with all diligence. Why do I do it? Well, because out of it spring the issues of life. Issues. Everybody say issues. issues. See, there's a lot of issues out there, but that's what comes out of the heart of men. But see, if they're sowing that, if that's what they're taking in, if the seed they're bringing in, you know, if they're not keeping, if they're not guarding their heart and keeping the bad out, if they're not protecting that heart, then this bad stuff gets in. You keep sowing junk. Playing around with it. It pretty soon it, it, it just it starts shifting and changing the heart, changes that tree, and all of a sudden we got bad fruit coming. And then we wonder what happened to our life. Why is all of a sudden, you know, how come I'm out of control? How come I can't control this now? How come I can't stop this now? Uh, everything in me wants to say these things, and I, I know it probably ain't right. But pretty soon you start justifying yourself and all that kind of stuff. And the whole time is because what we're feeding on. It determines it. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it will spring the issues of life. Believe me, issues come out of the heart. Let's see, uh, go back to that one in Matthew uh, 12 there. That's why he said here, out of the abundance of the heart, what? Mouth speaks. It's the, it's the action of it. So what you put in there in abundance will determine what comes out. Good seed in, good tree, good fruit, good seed. Good seed, good tree, good fruit, good seed. Good seed, huh? Good tree, good fruit, good seed. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. So, the word, uh, you know, back in Mark 4, the word can, you know, be taken by the enemy. It could be, uh, I think the, earlier in the text, he said that it got scorched. The one seed, the one part when they sowed on the stony, it got scorched. 
Uh, the other one's choked out. We, we saw that. Or you could be good ground, right? Okay, so those were the kind of the determining things there. So put Genesis 3. Put that on the board. Okay, what's going on? Well, we're going to try to plant some bad seed here. And it starts right in the beginning. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here we go, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What was that? It's called bad seed. Now if you don't guard from stuff like that, the enemy weasels his way in there. Come on. Now remember, if we're not planting any good seed, you're probably going to be a candidate to receive the bad seed. Because if you're not planting the good seed, you're never going to know whether that's good seed or bad seed being sown. So what went on here now, I, didn't, I don't think I gave her the whole text, but maybe if you all just turn to Genesis 3, we'll just kind of see the progression of this thing. I, didn't, I don't think I gave them back there, but I think I might have a couple minutes I could do that. Okay. It's just how the enemy works. So the woman said to the serpent, verse 2, uh, you know, we, she's trying to you know, kind of argue with him. You know, we, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. He said, yeah, but, you know, or probably she goes on to say, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it nor touch or shall you touch it lest you die. Now, that's not entirely true. That's probably what Adam said to her, just stay away from it, right, what he told her. Because he was instructed what to do. He was still supposed to tend to it, but he wasn't supposed to eat from it. All right? And so, you know, maybe he just told her, you know, you stay away. I'll, t I'll handle that tree, you know, or something. But just this is how this all begins. The serpent said to the woman then, oh, you, sh you, you, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And, of course, that's all it took. Little seed sown. Come on and it produced an ugly harvest. Anybody hearing me? Now, the point I'm, I'm making was this, or with this is there's all kinds of things that the enemy, uh, uh, all kinds of ways, okay, the enemy does. Ephesians 6 and 11. Uh, did I give you these references or not? Oh, I did? Okay, great. Uh, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Well, that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the scheming, the plotting, the deception of the devil, right? Because he's, de he's deceiving. Come on now, he's always deceiving, so he's always trying, listen, he's trying to kill the good seed, but trying to get something else in you. Okay, put Revelations 12, 11 up. This is a good one. The over, uh, verse, I'm sorry, verse 10. Can you back it up, verse? I'm sorry, I should have put verse 10 there. Put verse 10. That's a good verse too, but let's, let's read the verse prior to that. 11, uh, 12 and 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying uh, in heaven, already just a second ago just talked, called him a deceiver. It says, now salvation and strength of the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for, the, here we go, for the <gasps> accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. How many know he's still not, he still accuses? I remember, I'm talking bad seed. Come on. Kill the good seed. He's always out. He's trying to, he's trying to plant his own garden. Okay, if he's not deceiving, not manipulating, Okay, remember, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to divide. He comes to tear up. Come on, somebody. 
He comes to hurt. He comes to maim. He comes to kill. Are you hearing me? This is what he's doing. This is what he's trying. And the only way he can do it is with seed. So he tries to kill the good or somehow uh, distract you or somehow turn you from the good so he can keep planting in his seed. That's what he's trying to do. I tell you what, you get, you get caught up in the accuser of the brethren pretty soon. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're making accusations. Come on, somebody. Nobody likes to be accused. Does anybody in here like to be accused? No. Nobody likes to be accused. We've all been accused and we've all accused. Are you still glad you came out on a Wednesday night? The point is, is it becomes a seed. And so through accusation, that's a seed. Come on, a seed being sown. You buy that pretty soon. Listen, all you have to do is just, you know, you get a little offended or you borrow an offense from somebody. It's just an accusation. You take it. And pretty soon, every time you look at that person, now you look at them kind of cross-eyed. You, they didn't do one thing to you. But you let a seed... Come on, you let a seed in there, and then pretty soon it starts producing. And then somebody, you know, down the road says, well, you know, what, what do you know about that guy? Well, I don't know, but I've heard things. Now, what do you, watch it. See, now it's, it's not, come on, here comes some other seed out. And you have, you have no idea, all that could have been a complete lie. Come on, but you get caught up in it. See how it works? So then you, and the enemy just stands back and laughs because all it was, it took a seed. All right, let's, let's find one that's fun. Is there a fun bad seed? Probably not. Put John 8. Put that one on board. This is Jesus talking. Says, yeah, he's talking, you know, to the, uh, this, you know, he's getting another rebuke here. I guess when you get to talking about this, sometimes I can't help but get to a rebuke, a rebuke here. He says, you are of your father the devil. Of course, talking to these uh, Pharisees here. And the desires of your father... Uh, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So he's a liar. See, you know, it's like somebody, uh, you know, I've had it many times over the years, somebody said, well, the devil keeps telling me that, you know, that I'm going to, and it, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. You ought to start laughing because you know right off the bat he's a liar. So if you're listening to the enemy, you have to understand he's lying. And about the time he says you can't do, you ought to just start rejoicing. It's about to happen because he's a liar. But see, if you let the lie in, no matter what we're talking about, you let the lie in, pretty soon you start thinking you can't or you're insecure. All these thoughts that try to come based on these, these lies from the pit of hell. The whole time, here you are, the righteousness of God, a new creation in Christ. I mean, you're, you're somebody going somewhere to happen, and all it takes is this lie from the pit of hell saying that you can't have, you can't be, you can't do, and you let that pretty soon you... You meditate on it long enough, and you meditate on it long enough, and pretty soon it starts producing. And then it gets its fruit. And then we start, oh, come on, here's the whole process. You know, bad seed, bad tree, bad fruit, more bad seed. 
And then out your mouth starts coming, I can't ever do that. It never works for me. I don't understand all this. Thing. Where's God when you need him? How come God ain't this? What, what about this? Never, you know, I, I'll never be. I can never accomplish this. I'll never be able to do. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Change that tree. Change that tree. Are you, are you hearing me? It's bad seed in there. And if you know the word of God, you, if you knew what God had to say about who you are, you'd never receive that seed. You'd never let it in. You'd call it for what it is, a big old lie, and you'd, you'd, you'd tell that thing that where to go and, and move on, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's see if we can find a different one. Hmm, what did I give next? I think it's 2 Corinthians 2. Okay, we, we got to use this one because, you know, lest Satan should take advantage of us because that's what he does. But how does he do it? Amen. It says, it says here, uh, lest Satan should take advantage of you, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, the only way he can take advantage of you if you're not, is if you're ignorant of his devices. Now, the word devices means thoughts, mind things. We're talking about mind trips, head trips. That's what he does. Okay? So he comes and he plants a seed. Come on. Somehow deceives you. Somehow manipulates you. Come on. And before long, he takes advantage of you because... Bad seed in, bad tree, bad fruit, bad seed. That's how it works. And it's just this progression. Okay? It never changes. It's never, it's never going to change. Are you hearing me? It's never going to change. The process of the seed, the cycle of the seed, never changes. You, though, have to determine which seed. Are you going to let the bad seed in or are you going to let the good seed in? You're going to take authority over the bad seed and let the good seed in. Let it produce. Somebody says, well, I, I, I heard it yesterday. I want it working today. No, no, ain't how it works either because it comes in. It's got to produce. Come on, somebody. You got to be okay with the process. Keep planting good. Well, I'm tired of this good stuff. Okay, there you go again. You killed your seed again. All right, got here we go. Come on now. You know, the word says this, no weapon. Formed against me will prosper, and every tongue that would rise against me in judgment will be declared in wrong. For this is my heritage, because I'm a servant of the Most High, and my righteousness is of God. And it said, every tongue that rises up against me, including your own. And sometimes you have to stop and say, shut up. Go look in a mirror and say, knock it off. Okay, because your, own, your own, own mouth sometimes is working against you. So that's that. But, but see, remember, it's all part of the cycle. So what's coming out your mouth in abundance is because of what's in there in abundance. And the reason it's in there in abundance is because you allowed it in there. So some of you have to stop it and say, enough's enough. No more of that bad seed. I'm going to plant good seed. Keep getting it in there. Get 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 it in there. Oh, it's starting to sprout. It's starting to produce. Hey, good tree, good fruit. Good seed, praise God. Amen. That's how it works. Amen. And so we can't, don't let the enemy through his head trips and mental scheming and plotting and all the stuff that he does, the lying and the deceptions that he does, don't let him get the best of you in these things. Amen. Grab hold of what God has to say about these things. Get the good seed going in. Amen. Remember, it all produces after its own kind. It always does. 
well, if I, it's okay to let that in. That's, you know. Everything produces. And if you're aware of that, you'll probably be more, a little bit more guarded about what you let in your heart. Are you, you still hearing me? You'll watch more about what goes in your heart. Amen. Somebody says, well, Pastor, you're going to take all the fun away from us. No, 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 it ain't. Come on now. Now, put uh, one more time, put the Matthew 12 and 34, and we'll close with this again. We've already looked at it a couple times. We'll look at it again. Okay. Okay. How can you be an evil and then speak good things? Remember, talking to the Pharisees here. But remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. All right. So keep in mind that the words coming out are determined by the abundance of what's in the heart. Okay? So if you want, because I'm telling you, because what happens, here's how it works, okay? Uh, the enemy, through, through the little bit of, you know, seed sowing along the way, and, and then pretty soon you're convinced. In fact, um, go back to that Ephesians 4, put like verse 30, something like, see if that works. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Go now 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, yuck, yuck, yuck. Evil speaking, yuck. Be put away and all, with all mouths, yuck, right? Come on. We'll go back to it because we, we might as well hang out with the yuck. So all the yuck here, remember now, this, this stuff here, all it is, it takes is a little bit of seed sowing in there, and pretty soon you, you feel like all of that's justified. Because that's what's, that's, what's, that's, what's, that's what's growing. So pretty soon we think bitterness is okay. It's okay to be bitter. And it's never okay to be bitter. It's never okay. Well, people burn me. Yes, 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 yes. And you keep this up, and I guarantee it will be more. No, no need for bitterness. Yuck, wrath, anger. You know, it's just getting even. Stop, stop, stop. Let it go. You don't understand. Let it go. Believe me, I do understand. Well, you've never had any. I'm just saying. See, but, but, but when we've already got those seeds already producing something in there, see, we start justifying. We start thinking it's okay. And, and all of a sudden, then everything that comes out your mouth is bitter. Wrath, anger, clamor. Come on. Evil speaking, malice. Everything, that's what comes out. And you think, man, why is that guy so bitter? That's, what, that's, that's what's falling off the tree. Well, I don't like being bitter. Well, good. Let's change it. Come on now, let's change it. Let's deal with it. Put the good seed in. Let's change the tree. Remember, you can change the tree. You change the tree, you change the fruit. You change the fruit, you change the seed. Come on, somebody. And that's how it works, praise God. Amen. So let's get the good seed going in. Amen. Everybody say, no more bad seed. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get something tonight? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's about all you can handle of that one, isn't it? Woo! Hallelujah. Harvest. I want a good harvest. I want a good harvest. Ooh, I want a good harvest.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Thank you for the good seed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Father, we give you praise and, and, and thanks right now that we can change any bad seed, we can change any bad tree or any bad fruit, amen, by changing that over with a different seed. So Father, we thank you for that process. Right now we take authority over all that bad stuff. Hallelujah. We refuse to let the enemy have any more place there. Refuse to quench the spirit anymore. Hallelujah. We choose the God route. We choose the word route. We choose the good seed route. Good tree, good harvest, good fruit. Amen. So, Father, I give you praise for that. So, Father, thank you for a people that had ears to hear tonight and a heart to receive. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor saying, good tree coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Love one another. You are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.